Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Good people, welcome. Bad people, welcome. Anyone who want to learn more about content marketing and AI, welcome because we are going to cover this topic to provide new insights how you can get results, traffic, sales and anything. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Teresa Litsa. How are you? Hello, I'm going to go. How are you? I'm doing great. Looking forward to learn more about content marketing, especially mm-hmm. today when we have AI. It's hard to ignore AI today. I think impossible tomorrow. But that was simple, like six months ago. <laughs> today we have this chat GPT. Mm-hmm. And if you ignore this tool, your competitors don't. You can't compete with them you know, in the future. Teresa, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background and anything that can help our mm-hmm. listeners to learn more about you. Hello everyone, I'm Teresa. I've been doing content marketing and social media for 11-12 years now, so I remember the days when Facebook was a really big deal and it was really easy to do marketing compared to these days. Through the years I've worked a lot on B2B marketing, I've worked with different startups and also as a freelancer creating digital strategies and content strategies for different businesses. And I always love talking about content marketing, so this is great for me. What is happening right now, what we can look forward to next, and obviously AI is a big topic, so I look forward to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Nice, interesting. Yeah, love your experience. Seth Godin said that content marketing, one marketing left. So we can't ignore content marketing today because customers want to get value first. If you don't provide this value, they will buy on your competitors. So it's important to find the right strategy. And I want to ask you uh, how to create the strategy. I'm interested in your ways how to create the strategy because I see companies, marketers use different methods to find the right topics uh, where they are going to cover. And the biggest problem that I usually see when companies chase high volume or likes, comments, I don't know, anything that are not related with sales. I don't care if I get million traffic, if I can't sell, why I need to have this traffic. So any tips about creating the right strategy? So content marketing is, as you said, there is the piece of content, which is about being creative and writing good content. But of course, you need to remember that marketing is about selling. So you need to be able to create stories that convert. And of course, that can be very different for every business. But in order to create the strategy, uh, the starting point is to try to understand the business, whether you're working in-house or as a freelancer consultant coming on board. You need to hear from the founders, from those working on product, on sales, on customer success, what is it that makes the product and the business standing out. So you need to understand before you jump into content and channels and strategies on what makes the business stand out, what do the customers like, what are the pain points and the opportunities, and how can you use content in that way to make sure that you highlight your experience, your expertise, your authority. So it's not just about saying I'm good at email or I'm good at social, so I'm going to make the most of the channel. If you don't understand your audience and the business, then even the best piece of content won't work on the objective you have in mind. Mm-hmm. And how to find these channels? Because content marketing is huge. We have a lot of channels, mm. email, social media, SEO, a lot of channels. So tell how to find the right channel. I think you're right. Uh, there's so many channels and it's really easy to get lost. And content marketing can be so general, but it really is about thinking of your audience. So based on the business that you are, where is your audience spending the most time? If you're working on B2B, for example, on social media, LinkedIn is the first time, the first channel that comes to mind. Uh, You can explore different areas. So you might say, I want to be creative, think completely outside the box. Everyone goes on LinkedIn. I'm going to go on TikTok. And that can still work Mm -hmm. well. 
But usually when you want to have the starting point where your audience spends the most time, you want to think of the channels that make sense. So this could be an assumption. It might not be the case, but it's definitely a good idea to start with where you are or where you think your audience spends the most time. It might not be at all social media and feel like email works better for me. Or I've, I've heard businesses lately expanding more on WhatsApp, trying to think of a more easy way to just approach someone that's just using the phone. They might not spend time on the usual traditional social platforms. So you want to think, how does my ideal person really want to spend the time when they want to read the message that I want to share? Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. And, you know, what I usually see when uh, companies analyze uh, competitors, mm. they see how they get traffic sales and uh, try to replicate uh, marketing messages on these channels. But if they are not good with that, they usually, mm, yeah. for example, if I'm going to um, jump on TikTok, I love this platform, by mm, the way, yeah. no, I removed, I removed <laughs> TikTok, let me explain why, you know, because I don't know how. But TikTok learned my mind. TikTok knows exactly what kind of content I love. Yeah, I can't stop true. it. <laughs> I can't stop watching these videos. You know, I usually did it. You know, in restroom. Then uh, after uh, finishing, uh, I couldn't stop. I keep watching, watching, watching. I, I got it. No way. I I need to do something with that. So I decided to remove for some time. You'll see because I have no such experience on LinkedIn, on Facebook, mm. uh, on Instagram. Only TikTok. Oh yeah, of so course, terrible. Of <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm interested how to, uh, for example, if we know where our audience is, but. If companies have no experience with that, for example, to film short videos, you need to have experience, you need to be consistent, you need to love mm -hmm. it because, yeah, you, you can film a few videos, random videos can't get results because uh, it takes time to learn it. So any tips mm -hmm. about uh, creating high quality content for uh, the right channel? I think uh, this is a really good point. And that's the case where you want to work with someone, whether it's in-house or even just a consultant to help mm -hmm. you in the starting point, it really makes a difference. Because if you start on your own, as you said, you don't need to know everything. It's not your job to understand everything on marketing. Yeah. And you can start with one video that goes well. The other one might be completely no engagement at all, no likes or no leads, which is more important. So you feel like, oh, this is not working. So I'll stop working at all on the channel, which I've seen that in the past. So I feel like it's better to have the support at the start, even if you feel like I'm not ready to invest full time and have the support uh, to get the starting point on the strategy and start thinking, how can I understand what I want to get in the short term? I would like to understand the channel and see the engagement and get traffic back to my site. But also in the long term, I want to build a system that makes sense for my audience, for my website, and to be able to sell my services pretty much through the channel. So this, of course, requires some time at the start. You need someone who understands the channel, who knows the idea of a marketing strategy or a LinkedIn strategy, as we're talking about that now, and being able to just use all the experience and translate that into a business. It's not just about, of mm. course, the theory and having a strategy that's like a long piece of content. It's just being mm -hmm. able to also be practical and say, okay, we're going to be strategic and use this channel for this amount of time. We're going to try this and this. We might combine organic and paid. And then this is what we want to explore. And this is what we want to experiment. If it doesn't work, we might try another idea. So it's just about having the starting point and have that support, the help from someone who really understands the channel and yeah. experience we want to run. Yeah, I think it's important to find people who uh, know the right channel. It's not mm. like, um, you know, I remember when someone tried to cover many different channels like LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, yeah. 
they're different, you know. Having to be People... everywhere at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I was on this trap, you know, uh, I remember in 2020, I decided to grow my social media accounts. Mm. And I created content for YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, my best results were like a few hundred views, uh, five, ten followers a day. Then I decided to switch all my attention to LinkedIn. Mm ignoring yes. other channels and the results came because of focusing in one specific channel it's hard to understand the audience Makes everywhere it's, yeah. but yeah it's, it's very important to pay attention you know to win on one channel i, I see when some influencers like charlie Demelia, she mm. uh, uh, got great results on tiktok then she extended her team <laughs> to cover yeah, YouTube, yeah, yeah. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, yeah, Instagram. So I think it's the same, you know, when you have results with one channel, then you can repurpose content. Yeah, exactly. But if exactly. You, yeah, if you do it for the sake of repurposing, it doesn't work. I, I often see when people post on Facebook, just schedule posts, you know, with tools. Post it everywhere, all the channels at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wasting time. Okay. Uh, Teresa, I want to ask you about your 10 year of marketing experience. You know, uh, what I see, uh, especially today, uh, you know, uh, people use a lot AI. Yes. I cooperate with many great offers who post on Forbes, uh, Investopedia, many other great websites, prominent websites, and all of them use AI all of them without <laughs> any exception uh, and uh, um, i usually discuss with them okay uh, i can't deny this tool exists we need to consider uh, yeah. but we need to use it smart to get results because yeah, you no, know, if course. you just use generic prompts you get generic answers so can you tell how to use ai to create high quality content I think it's exactly what you said. Uh, of course, it exists, and we definitely need to catch up. We can't ignore it. Uh, it won't work well yeah. if we ignore it. Uh, but you need to be smart. Uh, it can really help you save time. You can be more efficient. Uh, for example, when I have to create content, I can use it for research. I have all sorts of notes. I just use a tool like ChatGPT to help me organize the notes. So this helps you save time. You don't need to do the manual process. But of course, you don't want to just create the content, get it exactly the way it's saved, and then you just publish it. It might work in the short term. I'm sure there are many sites uh, just relying on that to save time, money, and resources, but it won't work well in the long term. And also, you're not really certain, uh, yet we're not in the stage to know the authenticity, even though there are so many tools that can check if it's written by a robot or a human. It's still the early stage. So you might ask the same question. Someone else might also ask the same question on ChatGPT, and you have a duplicate content. So it's really tricky. So you don't want to end up in that stage to just copy paste because it won't be good for your credibility. So you can use it to uh, save time, whether it's for research, for organizing your content, for organizing your ideas and get more structure. But you also need to re rely on your own expertise to have the human element and also your own tone of voice. You don't want to make it sound like a robot. I feel like people will soon be able, if they already don't, understand if it's written by ChatGPT or just a human being. So I feel like hopefully we will be at the stage where we still rely on human presence on in terms of writers and marketers to be able to do that final touch. So ChatGPT is definitely a friend and AI, but also at the same time, you need to be able to use your expertise. 
Yeah, uh, I like it that you highlighted still. <laughs> still, you never know. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I don't know what kind of future will I mean, be. Nobody can predict, it, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's only the beginning of this journey. Mm. Uh, I tried to use my crystal ball a few times, but yeah. it didn't work, you know, when I bought Scripton, when I bought some assets. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. My crystal ball. It doesn't work, so uh, I just decided to leave it. <laughs> okay, Teresa, um, let's talk about one aspect that uh, most content creators complain about ChatGPT. It's not mm. creative, you know, creativity. Of yeah. course, it's not creative because it's rewriting tool, the <laughs> best rewriting tool ever. Yeah. I don't know why you need to expect that this tool will be creative, uh, with human touch to provide something new. Yeah, it's just a rewriting tool. Uh, can you tell how to be creative by using ChatGPT. I think it's, as you said, and what we just started discussing, it's about making the most of tools like ChatGPT, but also still you need to have the human element because you mm -hmm. can ask at least at the current stage from a tool to think like you. Maybe that's in the future. Maybe they'll just be better than humans. That we, do, we don't know that. Uh, but at the current stage, you need to be able to think, I can save time by getting ChatGPT to create content or helping me with the structure and the research. But I still know better my audience, my tone of voice, what I want to communicate as a message. And I still want to make sure I build trust with my audience. So I don't want to make it like look very boring, very dry, and that they just won't spend time reading it. So that's when you want to spend the time, once you get the copy from AI tools, to look, how would I say to make it more conversational? How can I make sure that it's still like convincing the readers that you're actually talking to a person? I don't want to just like save time and money and create blog to sell to you without really caring about you. So it's just yeah. balance that you need to find on how to make it, even if you do use AI tools, to still have that human element. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Because I, I love using ChatGPT, but mm. I use for the sake of editing, you know. I use yes, it. exactly, it's useful. Yeah, I, I write content myself, then I edit. And uh, after editing, we got, for example, in our PR campaigns, we got mentions on uh, Sienna, you know, many other great resources. Mm. And um, uh, when my PR manager uh, told me, uh, it's the first time for 16 years of her experience, uh, she got reply from CNN, and mm -hmm. after a few days, we nice. got uh, this mention. That was not link, but mention. The, uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. You know, it helps a lot. And, um, uh, uh, you know, I uh, I usually edit because editing is really good, you know, on yeah. ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah, of course. Translation. Yeah, translation mm. as well. Uh, but you need to ask prompts like, please consider, uh, for example, if you translate to Turkish language or any other, yeah. you can ask about considering mentality of Turkish people, you know, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it also helps. Now, you mentioned this word, boring. Mm. Uh, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, um, today we have this bounce rate, it's high, everywhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. YouTube, TikTok, website content, uh, on website content plus 50% of users leave it, bounce mm -hmm. fast. Uh, on YouTube, 80% uh, of people, uh, if I remember correctly, like uh, they uh, bounce in the first 20 seconds. So, because it's boring. And once mm. I spoke with Jim Edwards, he worked in Business Insider uh, 10 years. Then company was mm. sold for $500 million. Great success. Love it. And he told that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. Yeah. 
can you tell how to create <laughs> content that people want to consume? Okay, we can highlight. It's valuable, it's important, but it's if it's boring, people bounce, they don't care about that. So <laughs> any tips about that? I think uh, it is about trying to think like your audience. That always helps me. When I want to start creating some content, whether it's for social, for email, a blog, I'm always starting and placing myself in the mind of a user. Like what would be interesting if I would put myself in their shoes? So you don't want to just think from your assumptions. Everyone knows everything about your business. They love it. They're big fans. Like it's probably not the case. So you want to think, how can I create interesting and engaging content from the very start? So this could be thinking of the headline, uh, thinking of the introduction. So not just having something that's repetitive, that is something that everyone writes about, or it's just very descriptive. So a very long uh, head uh, title. If you're using Google search, it might not come out. Or on social, obviously, as you said, with YouTube and all the social channels, we see so many things that we really don't spend time. We might spend just a few seconds. So how can you create content that is engaging in those very first seconds? You might want to focus more on videos rather than just text. Or you might want to have an interesting copy in a sense of like grabbing someone's attention in one sentence. So the idea of boring and engaging content, of course, it's very subjective based on every industry. But it's still the same at the end of the day. You want to make sure that in the very first seconds, you make a good impression. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how to hook attention? I mean, like, uh, if I want to make this impression, mm. how to do it? <laughs> I think uh, that goes back, uh, which I'm always interested in thinking of the psychology of the user and the psychology of marketing in general, how you want to sell. So you don't want to spend too much time telling a great story when you really don't get them to understand what uh, you want to talk about, what you want to sell what your business is about. So you want, whether it's about the brand placement, for example, if it's a video, you don't want to make too long to explain who you are or what you do. But obviously you have to be creative. It's not just if you create a video that you're just selling your services in a second, everyone is sold and that's it. So you want yes. to think, how can I balance having interesting content, adding value, and at the same time still having the brand placement, maybe a link to my website, maybe where someone can find more details, so it's thinking both of them at the same time, like you want to hook them, but also you need to give some context before you're just selling your services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Teresa, I want to ask about another aspect that's very important about patience. You know, mm. uh, all results demand time. Uh, it's not, not like overnight success. Uh, yeah, of course. And um, yeah, and what I usually see when content creators uh, give up, you know, uh, by the way, I don't think it's a bad idea to give up if you are not passionate about that. Mm, you can yeah, yeah. make wrong decisions. You know, <laughs> for example, uh, once I decided to promote my content on Instagram, I gave up because it's not my social media. Mm. I can't do it. If uh, if I'm going to touch this social media one more time, I will cooperate with someone else who can yeah, help me with that. But uh, it's not for me. So. Um, I want to ask about patience uh, because, for example, Mr. Beast, he posted content a year and a half to get first thousand subscribers. Mm. PewDiePie uh, filmed a hundred videos to get 285 subscribers. Mm. So these guys didn't give up. Today, all of them have more than 100 yeah, million course. subscribers. They have this... Uh, personal brand recognition, many things, but they didn't give up. Uh, so can you tell how to be patient without results for a long time? 
I think uh, it is the best way to use examples like you did, because obviously when you create a new channel, a new opportunity, it's easy to feel after like a couple of attempts, it's not working for me, I'll just quit. Which is not bad, mm -hmm. of course. If you feel like it's not worth your time, then you can totally stop doing that. You don't need to have patience on every single thing. But if yeah. you feel like based on other success stories, or if you strongly feel that your audience is there and you can make it work, then it's definitely important to not give up in the first or second attempt. And the examples that you shared are really good for everyone's mindset, if you feel that they're relevant for your business, to just continue the same way. Like, it can take a year or even two sometimes, but you still need to dedicate some time. It doesn't have to be your full-time job, of course, like not getting anything mm -hmm. out of it and then continuing. But you still need to dedicate a little bit of your time on that some sort of experimentation. And then after six months, a year, you're able to evaluate if there is some growth, even if it's stable and it can still get some benefits for you, for your business, for your channel, then it's definitely worth continuing. But as you said, mm -hmm. it might take time. So you really need to remember that and not lose the patience after like one video that didn't go well. Yeah, nice, nice, valuable. And uh, what about finding the right format? For example, I usually mm. see when content creators check out best practices and best yeah. practice can tell. You need to film short videos, film short videos because mm -hmm. uh, short videos get higher engagement than the average. But if you don't like it, if you don't know mm -hmm. how to film these videos, if you have no idea how to create engagement video, but if you are good with writing, just write, you know, yeah, writing is course, what, you know, yeah. So can you tell about uh, crafting one specific skills uh, in content marketing? I think it's as you said, uh, you really need to start with what you're comfortable. If you really hate talking on a video, you don't want that to be your starting point. You'll probably <laughs> be too nervous or you'll just really hate yeah. the process. But on the other side, someone else prefers to talk. You feel it's more engaging and you hate actually doing the written content. So mm -hmm. you need to start with what you're good and what you feel comfortable because that will be easier for the viewers and the users to understand that this is where you stand out. And then you want to think, what's more natural for me? What comes more organic? How can I add value? If you feel that long form, uh, content, like a long blog post, makes sense for you, then this is what you should do. If uh, everyone says you need to do short videos, but actually we've seen some results that longer videos can still be great. You just need to make sure that you are engaging, you add value, and everything you create really makes sense. So it really yeah. depends. And for me, it really helps to just look at other creators or different blogs to get inspiration because everyone is different. You can find different ideas. And at the same time, you can also explore how others have tried different things and then see what makes sense for you. And if it doesn't work, you can try something else, of course. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Teresa, let's talk about money. You know, I think uh, <laughs> what I usually see when uh, people are chasing vanity metrics, Mm, of Traffic, course. Of course. Uh, likes, Followers, likes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but uh, once I spoke with a master who lost uh, four hundred thousand traffic because Google dropped his ranking positions, but he didn't lose any sales, so mm. he got a lot of traffic that mm -hmm. didn't convert, and uh, this traffic was not related to uh, his products. So can you tell how to create the right uh, KPI, ROI, you know, to predict? Uh, what kind of content will cover uh, sales funnel, uh, help your customers in content marketing? I think content marketing, as we said, is quite broad. So obviously the KPIs are quite different. Uh, there's yeah. still vanity metrics. So I still keep an eye on everything in terms of growth, followers, engagement. But obviously they're not the indication to make a point that the business is going well. 
but you still need to see how you're doing. If all of a sudden you have like a drop of followers and engagement and it's really drastic, then you still want to see what is happening. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you really need to think of the funnel, as you said, and the end goal for every business. It might be about registration, subscriptions, getting more sales. So how can you make sure that all the metrics that you have in mind are still translating towards the bigger goal? So if someone, for example, follows you on LinkedIn and then you find it the next month that they subscribe to the newsletter, that means that they're moving towards the funnel. So you need to have the right tools to be able to understand the journey. So I've used, for example, HubSpot quite a lot. And using that along with the sales team, it's really useful because you understand the conversations that are happening in parallel. Someone might be interested in learning more about your services. Then you're using content marketing to get them more warmed up. And of course, the end goal is still about getting the leads and the sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Teresa, you know, I, I spoke with many great experts mm -hmm. on my podcast, Neil Patel, Rand Fishkin, Lily Ray. And uh, I want to know about Teresa Lisa. Can you tell <laughs> what kind of strong side you have? Uh, because, you know, um, what I usually see, uh, for example, Lily Ray can beat uh, uh, me, you know, in one side about EEAT. Uh, Jeff Cole can beat me about uh, creating advanced content strategy. Uh, I think everyone has their strong sides. So can you tell what is your strong side and what mm. is your ideal customer? I think I would say I'm good at the strategic piece, but also being able to implementation. So creating a digital mm -hmm. strategy or a content marketing strategy. I really love being able to do the strategy, to spend more time, understand the client, and then create a content that is about this is what we want to achieve and this is the process. But it's also about the implementation. So I feel like the sweet spot is pretty much being able at setting up the strategy, but also being able to help or being the one who's going to implement that. So it's not just saying I'm doing the one or the other, but you can be pretty much the person that can guide them from the starting point and the theory up to the practice. And mm -hmm. I think the ideal customer is someone who really understands the process. We discussed about patience before. Uh, someone mm -hmm. who knows that content marketing has some short wins, but it's also about the longer term. Uh, for example, it's about content and SEO that the, the win might not be very short term. It might take a while, but it can be great for your traffic, for the leads that you generate, and of course the sales. So it's really about finding the right fit with a customer who understands that I want to invest in content marketing. And I know that I can get some sh short wins, but it's also about the longer term. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a few times implementation. I love mm. this word because, you know, what I usually see when <laughs> uh, companies create, uh, I don't know, like uh, they are trying to cover a lot of topics, 100 yeah, of topics. Uh, uh, and uh, But we have limited resources, even big companies have mm. a few writers who can write content or film content. So, yeah, we have limited resources and it's better to choose priorities. Ten mm. years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. I gave them topics, weight loss, finance, <laughs> they wrote Google ranked. Um, but uh, uh, things changed many times. Uh, and uh, yeah, Google fired this team. Okay, I fired this team. Google pushed me you know, to fire <laughs> this team because mm. uh, today it's more important to know your uh, topic. I, uh, if uh, writers... Uh, try to write about anything, they're not successful because um, they're like jack of all trades. Mm. And today, uh, I usually cooperate with uh, authors who uh, write about one topic, who uh, learn about one topic, uh, have experience with one topic or related topics. So can you tell 
your way of implementation. So if you have a new customer and mm. you need to create high quality content, uh, so how to create content that stand out from the rest? So it's as you said, uh, I've worked with clients in the past uh, in terms of creating content that I knew nothing about the industry and that's totally fine. But it's also about having a process in mind on how you can learn mm -hmm. everything you need to know. So there are many cases that you're just relying on internal experts and trying to get their minds into a piece of content. So just because the founder doesn't have time, of course, to create a blog, you can interview him, her, and then take the content and repurpose it in creative ways. So you might spend some time, like 30 minutes, with someone in the team, try to get everything out of their brain, and you use that creatively. You might want to create a blog post. You might want to create a video for social. You might share some tips on a newsletter. So you want to use that experience from a marketing perspective to make the most of the content that you have. So usually when I start with a new company, I try to get as many things as possible from different teams. Speak to product, customer success, sales, because they are the ones who talk with the customers or they know about the customers enough that they can really help you create the right content. So it's mm -hmm. definitely important before you get into the implementation, if you're at the first stage of working with someone, yeah. to really make sure that you understand what they want to communicate. And it's not just you having assumptions. Yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about something that I always do. Now, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes, some of them terrible, some of them <laughs> not. <laughs> but uh, I keep doing them, you know, because I don't know another way how to learn, especially in marketing, because we start from generic strategies, mm. best practices. For example, when I started PR, uh, I wrote a bunch of press releases, I pitched them and mm. got zero links, zero mentions, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but I acquired experience, you know, when I got experience, then um i decided to cooperate with great experts uh, and yeah we got results we have this cnn forbes many other mm -hmm. great resources because of, of getting experience how it works and hire the right people or outsource right people because most of them i outsource we cooperate with great people who can mm -hmm. pitch content to the right uh journalists uh, and with uh, experts who can write great press releases yeah. so uh, can you tell about mistakes for example you know we have two types of mistakes mm -hmm. the first type you can avoid and the second you can learn from them <laughs> so let's mm -hmm. talk about mistakes that we can avoid what kind of mistakes you often see that companies still do and your tips how to find another way i think uh, many companies do the mistake of having too many assumptions so, for example, you're certain that your company should be on Instagram and no matter what, just because your competitor is there, you need to be there. And you don't focus on testing, learning, understanding some things, but you feel like, no, I have to be there and I want to continue and I'm going to invest. And you might have a strong opinion and you don't listen to the marketer that says, I think the numbers are not really adding up. I don't think the audience really mm -hmm. wants to see that. And you still have that idea in your mind that because the competitor is really winning at this channel, I think that I should be there. So I feel like, obviously, it's something you can learn from that. It's important to try new ideas. You can start from assumptions, but also you need to be able to say, I need to stop at this point because it's really not working. I'm just using my resources. And maybe I need a consultant, as you said. Maybe I need a support because I really don't know how to do it better. So it's I definitely recommend to try different things, but also you need to be able to say, okay, this is the time to stop if it's not working. <laughs> and yeah. not just spending yeah. your time more. 
by the way, if you enjoy the process, if you love it, you don't need to stop. Just to go ahead, you know, even if you yeah, uh, if you still feel yeah, exactly, exactly. That's true. You know, for me, it's more important in content creation. You need to enjoy. You need to love it because mm -hmm. I know some content creators who couldn't get results for a long time uh, without uh, anything, but they like the process. For example, when I play basketball, I'm not waiting when yeah, someone will pay money, true. you know, for my hobby. <laughs> it's my to hobby. Be an yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's the same with uh, anything: uh, tennis, soccer, hiking. Uh, watching tv you know people are watching tv six hours a day so if, mm. uh, they pay for watching tv uh, so they don't wait when someone will pay for their hobbies so i think content creation is the same you need yeah, to enjoy true. the process if you're doing something it. you don't enjoy then you can tell but you'll get frustrated you'll hate it and probably yeah. people will be able to tell so you should definitely By the way, yeah I agree 100% if you suffer. You know, I, yeah, I yeah. saw a few times when people are suffering to create content, but they keep doing because yeah. they need to do it. No, no, guys, it doesn't it's work like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Teresa, I want to ask about uh, your experience. Uh, for example, I found that I get high results with customers who understand SEO. If they mm. understand, yeah. then we can yeah, yeah. cooperate Together, we understand each other. We can speak one language because we know why we need to create high quality content. Mm. What kind of content? Why we need to create, uh, I don't know, uh, to have uh, uh, website speed high. Uh, why we need to provide PR and uh, white hat link building. So we, we speak one language. But if they don't, I usually tell them, take my course, learn from Lily Ray. Mike Phillips, Chelsea Alvis, many other great experts. It costs like $20, not a lot, but you can learn the basic mm. works. Go to Google, go to YouTube, it doesn't matter, just learn. Take loving books, audio podcasts, learn. Yeah. Then understanding basics, you can cooperate with great experts. By the way, I, I, I always do it like this. If I'm mm. going to cover new direction, I try myself, I always fail all the time. Because I can't compete with great experts who know this topic. But I understand how it works. Then I can cooperate with these experts. So let's imagine you started today from scratch. Without mm. any experience, knowledge, skills. Forget about your 10 years of experience. It's your mm. first day in content marketing. What will you do today to learn more about content marketing? I think you try to learn as many things as possible, which is what I did 11 years ago. Uh, I was reading a lot, all the blogs out there. I was reading a lot about uh, HubSpot. They have a really great blog about marketing and sales. And they're great at content marketing. So you want to start from the experts. And there are so many blogs out there. You don't need to necessarily pay. I read a lot of books. Uh, try to listen to different shows, audiobooks, as you said. You try to get as many things as possible. And, of course, starting from the fact that you know nothing, you want to understand different areas of expertise, different industries, how someone did something creatively or something that already works and everyone knows that. So, of course, it doesn't mean that just because you read all these that you feel like this is the only way of doing it. But the more you are exposed to different things, different ideas, different case studies, then it becomes easier to think creatively on your own. So if you read about 10 different industries, 10 different examples, then when you work with a new client, it feels easier having all this on the back of your head to explore what works best. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Awesome. <laughs> and I have my final question about the future. Oh, you know, uh, time for the I crystal ball. 
Yeah, <laughs> I told that my crystal ball doesn't work. I tried a few times. Uh, it's not only about crypto. Uh, I bought some assets uh, and yeah, it doesn't work anyway. So uh, I want to ask your crystal ball, <laughs> what kind <laughs> of future will be, you know, in content marketing? Because many things are coming. We have AI today. Uh, Apple is going to, mm. you know, to uh, provide this uh, headphones. Uh, what is it? So, yeah. Uh, mm. But, you know, w- uh, for example, when I saw this news about Apple, uh, I got it. Nothing will change because it's the same. We most people usually take gadgets like this every mm. single day to watch yeah. the screen. It's the same if you have uh, on yeah. your head. <laughs> because you know, for example, Mark Zuckerberg tried to provide virtual reality, mm. no, yeah. to create yeah, yeah. the world of virtual reality. But I didn't believe that it's possible today, at least today, because technologies can't create mm. real virtual reality but augmented reality that apple is going to do i think nothing yeah it's the same that you mm, yeah. have gadgets it's just a new yeah. headset yeah <laughs> yeah true. and teresa what kind of future will be in content marketing because many things can change this world so your tips about that i think it's as you said uh it's really important to keep an eye on what's happening because there's so many things changing the last six months or a year from AI and ChatGPT up to VR, AR, how all the different things are happening. And of course, they all mean that content and marketing at the same time will really change. Uh, You can rely on what worked 10 years ago. And especially if you think AI is going to become even more prevalent, we need to be able to understand what that means for our work, how we need to really understand that and train ourselves to be able to use it. And at the same time, there's AR, and that means the idea of promotion for brands is really changing. So it's not just about spending time on a specific channel. It might be more about being more creative. You might want to think, how can I have an augmented experience for what I want to sell? How can I explore mm-hmm. different content and formats? So it's not like we can really tell. I don't even know we can tell what's happening in a year. It's crazy how things are changing <laughs> fast. But at the same time, yeah. I feel it's just really important to keep an eye on all the things that are happening and try to use them. As you said earlier, trying to try it on your own like you don't have to be the expert but just get your feet pretty much into trying to see how it works the same with ai tools the same once you get more into ar it's about trying to be creative and see how can i use it right now in order to be able to be more ready for when it comes up in the future so i think i'm hoping that robots won't replace us really i mean you never know but still it's about uh, trying to be creative and remember how you stand out from everything in the advance of technology. What is the human element that you can really bring, whether it's about content, marketing, SEO, everything you are working on pretty much. Nice. Love it. Love it, mm-hmm. Teresa. It's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You're so kind to mm-hmm. share this valuable insights. Thank you. Really enjoy that. Thank uh, you very much. Yeah. Tell uh, the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Of course. Uh, I spend quite a lot of time on LinkedIn and Twitter. So it's quite easy if you find me at Teresa Litzer. I'm always around. And I'm planning to get back into Medium to write more blogs. So I'm happy to share the link. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I'll submit your link, LinkedIn profile, Twitter in the description below. Guys, you need to follow Teresa because you can see a lot of value I follow on LinkedIn. So... I recommend to anyone to follow to learn more because you can see it's 
valuable. Okay, Teresa, <laughs> it's a big pleasure. Thanks Thank again. Welcome Great back anytime. To yeah, to share more valuable insights and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.